The Carolina Panthers have begun their search for a new head coach and general manager who among the names is a favorite for the job and of the internal candidates who has the best opportunity to stay around here in Carolina. We'll talk about it all right here on Locked on Panthers. You are Locked on Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter. Twitter at Julian Council, where tomorrow the weekly Friday mailbag returns, either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get those questions into me now. And I mean, right now, y'all, I'm headed to San Diego for the weekend, flying out early evening. Get those questions in as soon as you watch or listen to this episode, and hopefully, You'll do it in time so I can answer your question on this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Price Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all in lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. We are here. The offseason has begun for the Carolina Panthers. Scott Fitterer. On Monday morning, we found out, you're out of here, buddy. You're no longer the general manager here in Carolina. Six and a half weeks ago, we found out, Frank Reich, you're out of here. One in ten, not good enough, Bryce Young. His development has been stunted. Time for you to go. So it is a clean slate here in Carolina as they're looking for a head coach and a general manager. Now, with head coaches, they can't really start talking to anybody until the week of the 22nd. So we got... A little bit of time, but they can talk to GMs. They requested to speak to some GMs. They requested to speak to some head coaches right now, who, again, the Carolina Panthers cannot actually have these interview conversation with them until after, you know, I think the divisional round of the playoffs. So we'll get there soon enough, but we'll focus in on a couple of the head coaching candidates the Panthers have requested to speak with. Same thing with general managers, and then there's a couple, there's a trio of guys here in Carolina who are up for the jobs as head coach and general manager, respectively. Uh, do any of them have an opportunity to be the full-time GM or head coach in Carolina? We'll talk about that on the show. But let's start off with head coaches. Because honestly, when it comes to general managers, I don't really know how to evaluate which GM is the right GM for the Carolina Panthers. I can look at his background, his history, and what he's been working with and what the Panthers may need. Like What the Panthers need is somebody who clearly can draft because the Panthers have not done a great job in evaluating talent and bringing in talent through the draft. They also need to do a better job when it comes to the contracts that they dole out or don't dole out. So someone who could do that, I believe, would be a great option. Of the guys we'll talk about, I'm not quite sure which one of those would be the best option. I'm talking to somebody, hopefully, on an upcoming show who can help you guys understand better and also help me understand better who would make sense as a GM here in Carolina. But let's focus in on a head coach. I would not be surprised if the head coach is hired here first in Carolina, which would be interesting considering the Panthers can't really interview any head coaches right now. 
So just the way that the NFL is trying to slow down the head coaching hiring cycle and they're allowing the general manager hiring cycle to go on right now, it would make more sense maybe just go ahead and get your GM or if they want to wait. I don't know. But looking at head coaches, currently there are seven openings in the NFL. A shocker on Wednesday afternoon, Pete Carroll out in Seattle. Maybe he's going to take a role um, within the organization's front office. It's possible at his age, he might go out there and still coach. That's the thought about Bill Belichick, who right now we're waiting to see what's going to happen with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. A lot of people think that he's probably likely to leave. Is he going to be a candidate in Carolina if he decides to do that? I would guess Bill would want to go somewhere like the Chargers where they have a quarterback already or to another organization where he feels like they can win right away. And I don't know how many of those are really available currently. The Washington Commander's job is open. They have the number two pick, new owner, a very enticing job, $78 million in salary caps. Space. The Chargers jobs open. The Raiders jobs open. The Falcons, they got rid of Arthur Smith right on the tarmac, it sounds like, on Sunday night after that loss against the Saints. The Titans job is open, and that is one of just the dumbest things I've seen so far. And we'll talk about Mike Rabel momentarily. And of course, the Carolina Panthers job is open. And it's possible, we talk about Bill Belichick, it's possible that the New England job is open. Good ownership, number three pick in the draft. That's a spot where they could get a quarterback if that's what they decide to do, and I imagine they would decide to do that after Mac Jones didn't work out for them. Uh, you also look at the uh, Cowboys. If if Mike McCarthy doesn't win this weekend, if they lose to the Packers, he could be out. So we're looking at possibly an eighth, maybe ninth job opening, and the Carolina Panthers are probably at the bottom of that list. But they might not be at the bottom of that list for any of the guys for all the guys that we're about to talk about. And that's an important thing when we're discussing this. Talk about it on yesterday's show. How attractive is a GM job? That kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the head coaching job. I would put it at the bottom of the list just because of the ownership, the roster situation, and some other extenuating factors here in Carolina. But all you need is one person to prioritize this job, and that can be your guy. And hopefully, it is one of the top guys that we're going to talk about here in just a moment. But looking at the list of... Coaches that David Tepper and the organization, and David Tepper, by the way, Sportsology is a, a search firm that is helping him uh, throughout this process. But at the end of the day, David Tepper is going to decide his own, on his own, who he wants. Now he'll have other input from, of course, the search firm and from Nicole and from everybody else within the organization. But understand, this is David Tepper's decision, and we'll see whether he gets it right this time around. Because he has not done a good job in identifying these head coaches and identifying these general managers. So we'll see how that works out. But this is a list of coaches that he has wanted to or he's wanting to speak with. We have Brian Callahan, the Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator, who also the Chargers are requesting to speak with him. Dave Canales, the Buccaneers offensive coordinator, who is one of the hot names out there because of what he did with Baker Mayfield this year, what he did with Geno Smith last year. He's young, maybe too early for him, but the Panthers want to talk to him. Ben Johnson, we know that is the top candidate. David Tepper may have to pay that man $15 million a year in order for him to come back home to North Carolina to be the head coach. The Chargers and Commanders both want to talk to Ben Johnson. Mike McDonald, he is the Ravens defensive coordinator. Spent time with Jim Harbaugh there in Michigan as a defensive coordinator after being with the Ravens and being a defensive coach. And then he went back to work with Jim's brother, John Harbaugh, the last couple of seasons in Baltimore. They are the top seed in the AFC. He is one of those hot names, especially if a team is looking for a defensive type of coach. Mike McDonald, also is on the radar for the Washington Commanders. Todd Munkin, who has spent a lot of time in the NFL, spent a ton of time in college as well, was with Georgia under Kirby Smart as their offensive coordinator doing those back-to-back -back national championships. He has spent his first year 
back in the NFL with the Ravens as their OC. The Chargers also want to talk to them. Raheem Morris, the former Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach. He has been with the Rams last couple seasons as their defensive coordinator. He spent time in Atlanta, spent time, I believe, in Tampa even before he was the head coach. The Chargers and Commanders also want to talk to him. Dan Quinn, probably the hottest name. Aside from Ben Johnson, former Falcons coach, you look at his time in Atlanta, he had a a bunch of eight-win, nine-win seasons, went to the Super Bowl. Never forget, they blew a 28-3 lead against the the, uh, New England Patriots. Will forever be hilarious, especially Carolina Panther Panther fans out there. Uh, But he's a Cowboys defense coordinator the last couple years. He's also been pretty attractive in the head coaching cycle the last couple years and has decided to stay in Dallas. And if that Dallas job opens up, he could be the one that sixth round. And that's one of the things, too. Like The reporting has been that Jerry Jones does not want to lose Dan Quinn. They've been able to retain him the last couple of hiring cycles. Looking at Seattle being open, he was there under Pete Carroll when they won the Super Bowl with the Legion of Boom before going to Atlanta. If the Seahawks job's open now. If the Cowboys don't have the kind of success that Jerry Jones wants them to have during the playoffs, I would not be surprised to see him get rid of Mike McCarthy and go out there and try to have Dan Quinn be his head coach. He's a beloved guy there with the players in Dallas. I don't know how excited that is to you as a Carolina Panthers fan, but he did have success in Atlanta, went to the playoffs twice, had the Super Bowl. We, we all remember that. And then, you know, had it really bottomed out there in 2020 when they were 0-5. But the Chargers, the Titans, and the Commanders want to talk to him. He's so far the only of coach that has four – interview request so far um Bobby Slowick of the 10 of the Houston Texans he has done a great job with CJ Stroud who should be the offensive rookie of the year they won the division he spent time in the 49ers organization he is one of those hot names too but first time as a play caller so a little bit young there Frank Smith he's been in the league for a while there was a glowing article about him on the from the athletic and just his ability to really connect with the players and how they feel about him. He's been the OC the last couple seasons down to Miami under Mike McDaniel, but he does not call the plays. Does not mean he cannot be a successful head coach, but just pointing out he does not call the plays. So Brian Callahan, Dave Canales, Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, Todd Munkin, Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn, Bobby Slowick, Frank Smith. Those are the coaches the Carolina Panthers are requesting to interview. Now, just because they requested it does not mean that they will say yes to the interview. Call what happened last year with D'Amico Ryans, saying that David Tepper clearly wanted an offensive coach. He was not going to come in here and help David Tepper fulfill the Rooney role. Maybe he, if he would have interviewed, maybe David Tepper does fall in love with him and decides, okay, D'Amico, you should be my head coach. We talk often about C.J. Stroud going to Houston. I don't think we talk enough about D'Amico Ryans could have been the head coach here with C.J. Stroud. I'm still going to wait and see how things work out with Bryce Young. But I would say if you're going to complain about C.J. not being in Carolina, also complain about D'Amico Ryans. I'm not believing he actually had a true opportunity to get the job here in Carolina because David Tepper was drooling all over himself at the prospect of Ben Johnson coming to Carolina. So looking at it, Brian Callahan, that's offense. Canales, offense. Ben Johnson, offense. Munkin, offense. Slowick, offense. Frank Smith, offense. That means Morris, McDonald, and Quinn are defense. So six offense coaches, three defensive coaches. The search firm, that's great that they have it. And this is going to be a trend across the NFL. You're going to see the majority of these interviews going to be offensive guys. But good to see that David Tepper is talking to Mike McDonald. And he's going to talk to Dan Quinn. And he's going to talk to Raheem Morris. Some pretty smart defensive guys who... I And I think for Raheem Morris, he is definitely somebody who's in... It's time... I think it's, he's 
due for a second opportunity. Same thing with Dan Quinn. He's due for a second opportunity. It's not like he wasn't successful the first time around. Things just didn't work out there in the end. He had a period of success. I am wondering, like Brian Callahan, things don't work out great for the Bengals because Joe Burrow went down. I don't really blame him for that. It's It doesn't really move the needle for me, honestly. Canales, I think it's maybe a little bit too early. He's done a great job working with quarterbacks, but does that mean he can lead a team? And that's the, the key thing here. We can see what these coaches do as far as calling plays and maybe working with a single position group, but we don't know how they can interact with the entire team. An entire defensive unit loves Dan Quinn. We do know that. We've seen Dan Quinn have success in the NFL. Maybe not at the highest level continuously, which is what we want here in Carolina, but he has had success before. Mike McDonald coming from that kind of Harbaugh tree. John Harbaugh, great coach, Super Bowl winning head coach. Jim Harbaugh just won a national championship on Monday. Likely going to get one of these NFL head coaching jobs. That's somebody that I'm, I'm very intrigued by, and I don't really – defense, offense, I'm not necessarily caught up on either one. I, I don't prep, I don't prefer an offense coach. I don't prefer a defensive coach. I just want David Tepper to not just be laser-focused on one or the other. I just want him to go out there and get the best leader of men for this organization so the Panthers can move forward, and also for David Tepper just to stay the hell out of football operations moving forward. So Brian Callahan, Dave Canales, Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, Todd Munkin, Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn, Bobby Sloak, Frank Smith, those are the coaches that have been requested to interview here in Carolina. And I believe, I think, I also believe I saw Brian Johnson, and I'm taking this off of Panthers.com, I believe Brian Johnson, the Eagles offense coordinator, is also somebody who has been asked to. So with him and Raheem Morris, if they both interview, that would fulfill the Rooney role here in Carolina. So those are the head coaching candidates. What about the general manager candidates here in Carolina? Who is David Tepper hoping to speak with? I'll go over that list here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another, or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strength so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. We took a look at the head coaching candidates here in Carolina thus far, and there will be more, I think, that will be added to the list over the next coming days and possibly weeks as Carolina Panthers try to find the next head man here for their football team. Let's look at the general manager candidates. And a quick reminder, GM candidates can be contacted now per the Rooney Rule. The club must do in-person interviews with at least two external candidates who are persons of color and or women. Candidates can accept employment with a new club while their current club is in the playoffs, provided their current club gives written permission. Now we'll look at the list. Giants assistant general manager Brandon Brown, his team is not in the playoffs, so he could come to Carolina whenever he spent five years with the Eagles as the director of player personnel. He was instrumental in turning around that Giants roster that went to the playoffs last year. And did they win a game? 
No, I don't think they will. I can't remember. I forget who the Vikings lost to. I think it was those Giants. So um, the Chargers have also, by the way, requested to interview him. So and Brandon Brown is a minority candidate, so he would help them fulfill the Rooney rule. Um, let's see. Buccaneers assistant general manager Mike Greenberg, not the ESPN Mike Greenberg, but the Bucks assistant GM Mike Greenberg. Uh, first year in the role as assistant general manager in Tampa. He spent 12 years in football administration for the Bucks. He's worked on all aspects of the salary cap and contract negotiations. That, of course, is important. Samir Suleiman's been doing that job here in Carolina. Chiefs Vice President of Football Operations, Brant Tillis. This is a name that I've seen brought up by Joe Person of The Athletic multiple times because he interviewed for the job in 2021. He's someone that intrigues David Tepper. He's been with the Chiefs organization for 14 years. And as we know, the Chiefs this year hasn't been the best for them, but they still, for the eighth year in a row, won the AFC West. They have Patrick Mahomes, they have Travis Kelsey. They don't have any receivers this year, but that's still a very good football team as far as the, how, the overall organization. This one is Super Bowl last year. The team on the field this year might not be as good as it's been the last couple of years, but good enough to go to the playoffs and certainly good enough to win on Saturday night when Miami comes to town and maybe good enough to win a Super Bowl. I, I don't think so this year, but we'll see. Uh, but he's been with the Chiefs again for 14 years. He comes with a salary cap and contract negotiation background, so that's similar to what we just talked about with Mike Greenberg, the assistant general manager with the Buccaneers. Another interesting name to hear is Eagles assistant general manager Alec Halibai, I believe. Uh, spent 16 years with the Eagles. He focuses on player evaluation, roster management, and resource allocation. He is a Harvard graduate, led the Eagles through an integration of traditional and analytical methods of decision-making, interviewed for the commander's job on Wednesday and is set to interview on Friday here in Carolina. Adam Schefter of ESPN.com reports that the Panthers have been eyeing him for quite some time. As we know, David Tepper has stated it. Analytics, that approach, that is something he is looking for in a head coach, but especially in a GM. So Alec Halibi, Halibi, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He is somebody that I believe David Tepper is certainly from the reporting wanting to get in, t- in front of and wanting to potentially hire as his next GM. Saints assistant general manager Kai Harley, also a minority candidate, spent 16 years in New Orleans. Primary duties include contract negotiation and strategic planning slash management of the Saints salary cap and roster management. A lot of salary cap contract negotiation guys that David Tepper wants to talk to. Ravens vice president of football operations or football administration, rather Nick Mateo. He's been with the Ravens since 2019. He has been in charge of negotiating contracts for every draft pick during that time. Oversees all of football administration in Baltimore, including all general roster transactions. Spent nine years with the NFL Management Council, and I believe the same was the case for Halliby. By the way, he spent three years. Colts assistant general manager Ed Dodds, another one of those candidates who interviewed back in 2021 before withdrawing his name. Previously worked. Worked in Seattle with Scott Fitterer under John Snyder. And this is the thing about these jobs, y'all. The relationships in football are key. You don't want to burn bridges. The thing about Scott Fitterer that might have been one of the reasons that you would want to keep him around is because of his relationships that he's built through his 20-plus years in the league and how he is well-liked and well-respected. I imagine that Ed Dodds is going to give Scott Fitterer a call and ask him, Okay, I interviewed for the job the first time around. You got the job. You're out after three years. What was it like? I don't know if Ed Dodds is somebody who will be seriously considering a job in Carolina just based off of he withdrew his name the first time around. He knows Scott Fitterer. I'm guessing he's going to call Scott Fitterer. We'll see. 
He has also been requested to interview for the job out in Las Vegas with the Raiders and Raiders interim general manager, Champ Kelly will also interview here in Carolina. He interviewed for the opening in 2021 as well. And I don't know if he's going to be a candidate in Las Vegas, maybe, but he's obviously going out there and looking for another job. And Mark Davis, the owner out there in Vegas, has told the staff of Antonio Pierce, who's the interim coach and would like to be the head coach, and the players want him to be the head coach, he has told the entire staff, you are free to go find another job. Just telling him that you may get the job here, but you also probably ain't going to get the job here. Detroit Lions Chief Operations Officer Mike Disner is another name, former SVP of football and business operations where he oversaw the team's cap and contracts, uh, currently oversees the football department and Lions strategy and revenues team. He was on the Athletics NFL 40 under 40 list, and he is considered one of those fast risers in the NFL we've seen with Brad Holmes, the general manager there who came over from Las Vegas, Los Angeles with the Rams to Detroit, who traded away Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff. That's going to be a hell of a game coming up here on Sunday night on NBC. They've done a great job getting the Lions to respectability. The first home playoff game in the history of Ford Field is going to happen this weekend. You're going to want somebody from one of those key organizations. Like Looking at it so far, the organizations that the Panthers are talking to guys um, from are playoff organizations. Like The Giants this year, not a great year. And Daniel Jones getting injured. That definitely played a role in that. But the Bucks, three straight division titles. You have the Chiefs, Super Bowl champions two of the last four years. The Eagles were in a Super Bowl last year and are back in the playoffs. The Saints, they have not been in the playoffs in a couple of years, but they are an organization that hasn't really bottomed out. The Ravens, of course, they're a phenomenal organization. The Colts are right there in the cusp. And as weird as things are with Jim Orsay, his teams are typically – Competitive year in and year out. The Raiders, they're a, kind of a joke of an organization. The Lions were a joke, no longer are a joke. So those are some of the names. But there also are some internal candidates here in Carolina. Panthers assistant general manager, and really right now interim general manager, Dan Morgan. He's already starting to make some moves for the team heading into this offseason. He will also get an opportunity to interview for the job. And so will Gerald Averill and Chris Tabor will interview for the head coaching job. So of those three candidates, that trio who has the best chance of actually getting the job here in Carolina? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if you or one of your loved ones got sick with a supply chain issue, keeping them from the life-saving medication that they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial and illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Again, we are going to go over more in depth the candidates for both the head coach and especially the general manager job here in Carolina. Going to be reaching out to some people that can come on and talk about it. Like the head coaching candidates, I mean, I can obviously talk about those. I'm more familiar with those names because we see them every Sunday on the field. Uh, these men who are working uh, behind the scenes, 
in these organizations, I've never heard of Brandon Brown. I have never heard of Mike Greenberg. I know him from ESPN, but that's apparently not this guy. Hadn't heard of a lot of the names, that I mean, all of the names, honestly, outside of Ed Dodds because he had interviewed here uh, the first time around. Champ Kelly because he's been the interim general manager in Las Vegas. That was the first time I had ever heard of him once he took over that role from Dave Ziegler once he and Josh McDaniels got fired. So I'm going to need some help. And I'm always going to be apparent and honest with or apparent, not apparent. What is it? I'm trying to always be. I can't speak. I don't know what the word I'm trying to say. You know what I'm saying. I'm trying to be open and honest with you guys. Transparent. Why did I say apparent? Transparent, honest with y'all about the things I may not know because I don't know everything. Clearly, y'all listen to the show. You probably think I'm a big dumb idiot anyway, some of you, maybe most of you. I don't know. But I'm going to go talk to somebody who can help me out and provide some reporting, some insight, and let me know what do they think about these candidates. So stay tuned for that. That should be coming up probably early next week as we get into this Super Wildcard weekend, have the holiday, and then, you know, really get into what's going on here with a general manager search that's really begun, head coaching search that will start in about a week and a half. But looking internally, I can't speak about those three individuals, these three individuals, rather, who are going to be interviewing for the head coach and general manager job. Dan Morgan, we'll start off with him. I don't know if it's fair to say he's a sentimental favorite, but I feel like he would be the sentimental favorite because of what he was able to do as a player here in Carolina. It's unfortunate the concussions that he dealt with. And you look, think back of some of the great linebackers that we've had here in Carolina. Dan Morgan had to deal with the concussions. Luke Keekley, the same case. Thomas Davis had those ACLs they had to deal with. It just seems like every single one of those great Panther linebackers had to deal with some sort of injury. But we think about Panther football. We think about the Dan Morgans, the Thomas Davises, the Luke Keekleys, the Sam Mills. And I was just kicking myself because the other day I'm just talking about Frankie Louvu feels like a Panthers linebacker. I, I think I might have been on TV when I said this of Nick Carboni of WCNC. And I got home and was like, dude, you l- did not even say Sam Mills. And he has a statue outside the stadium. And the whole mantra of the team is keep pounding. What are you doing? But that's what you think about when you think about the Carolina Panthers, having some great linebackers. So you have that nostalgic feel of, okay, Dan Morgan, he was cool. We, we liked Dan Morgan. He came back here. He spent time with winning, winning organizations in Seattle, and now Buffalo is a winning organization. He's come back to Carolina, and he's taken over that role. The report came out last week before Scapitor was fired that people in the organization really like him, that he'll get an opportunity to interview for the job and possibly take over the job in a full-time role. I would love to see it. I just wonder... Of all the moves that were been made, because we broke it down on Monday, that as it's not that simple. That okay, draft that was bad, free agency, the trades. It's not all simple, as in like it's not as simple as oh, that's on Scott Fitterer, because clearly some of those were Matt Rule moves. We talk about Frankie Louvu and that being a great signing. It was Phil Snow who scouted Frankie Louvu and decided, hey, that's a guy we should have here in Carolina. It's uh, Gerald Vero, who wanted DJ Johnson to be here, and that has not worked out so far. DJ Chark, that was a Frank Reich thing. Deuce Staley, clearly Miles Sanders. Now, the money attached with it, being aligned with him, all of that. Scott Fitter, it's not like he wasn't complicit, and he certainly was, and that's why he's out the door, and I think it's the right decision because the Panthers needed just a start anew. Lost their hands of the entirety of the Matt Rule era. Same thing with the brief Frank Rule tenure here and move on from Scott Fitterer. That's the right decision. But Dan Morgan's been in there. He's been in those meetings the last couple of seasons. Samir Sulwan's been there as well. Adrian Wilson hasn't been around that long. Someone who's been a part of that staff, it makes me wonder, okay, you're getting rid of the general manager. Would it just not make 
complete and total sense to completely clean house when it comes to the front office, considering how bad things have been from a roster standpoint, they have to be playing a level of a role. So we're going to sit here. We're going to talk about the role that guys like Brant Tillis have played in Kansas City, a Super Bowl winning organization. The same thing when we're talking about Alec Hallaby with the Eagles, a winning organization. The Ravens guy, Nick Mateo, winning organization. We're sitting here talking about all these guys from winning organizations. And then it's Dan Morgan who's come to Carolina. And this has been anything but a winning, incompetent organization. So that's just me wondering. I'm not saying I'm against it. I just wonder, would the Panthers just be better off moving forward? Or is Dan Morgan, should he not be judged by the decisions that have been made by Scott Fitter and by David Tepper, Matt Rule, and Frank Reich and some of the staff? Maybe he hasn't been on board of all those decisions. Maybe he was the voice in the room that was saying, no, let's not do this. Let's move forward. Only David Tepper knows. I don't know. Looking at the head coaching candidates, Gerald Vero and Chris Tabor are both going to get an opportunity to interview for the job. Chris Tabor said on Monday at the exit interviews that, yes, he would like to be a head coach, enjoyed the opportunity here. He has not really thought ahead. He said he hadn't spoken to David Tepper about it. I am not surprised at all that he's getting an opportunity. Perry Fuel got an opportunity. He went 0-4, and there was clearly he was never going to be the guy here in Carolina. Steve Wilkes, of course, got an opportunity. Should have been the head coach. And Chris Tabor at 1-5, but widely respected. We go back to the NFLPA survey that came out last week. Consider the number two special teams coordinator by the players. Players in the NFL who have worked with Chris Tabor respect the hell out of Chris Tabor and the man he is, the coach he is, and the leader he is. So that's a positive. And if they have a, if they get better quarterback play, they can get better receivers, the offensive line's healthy and also better, and the defense can stay healthy, I think maybe Chris Tabor can have a chance. I would think any coach who comes in would likely have a better chance than what we saw this season. There were so many factors that played into the 2-15 and 15 season and a large part of the factors were the coaching staff but just looking on the field the product is just not where it needs to be and I hate how the product that sounds so gross to talk about the players like that but we understand the product on the field wasn't where it needed to be for this team to be competitive in 2023 now hopefully that will change in 2024 I'm not sure how much it can change it will change but that still remains to be seen Gerald Vero he's also going to get an opportunity and I've come out and said like that guy that could be somebody that Carolina. I, I think I've even said he should be the Panthers' next head coach. Absolutely deserves an opportunity. Looking at that defense, the amount of injuries that they had, and the fact that they were still competitive after the bye, like maybe aside from the Dallas game, and that they had the Panthers most weeks if they had a competent offense with a chance to win those football games, you got to give that guy a ton of credit. He got a head coaching interviews last year. I have not seen any other organization tried to interview him as a head coach. The Jaguars did try to interview him as a DC, but the organization has blocked that. I will say this about Ajero Vero. If he is not going to be the head coach here in Carolina, the Panthers need to allow him to go interview for other jobs. If you're saying you don't see him fit for the second year in a row as your head coach, you cannot hold this man hostage. You as a fan are probably saying, oh no, screw that. We got to have him here for our defense. Well, dude, come on. If you don't want the man to be your head coach for a second year in a row, then you need to allow him an opportunity to pursue other opportunities if you're not going to give him an opportunity to be the head coach here. You have to just do that. Because if you're not going to hire him to be your head coach, you want to keep him as your G, as your DC, eventually he's going to go somewhere else. 
He's going to want to leave whenever his contract's up or if he can get a head coaching job, he is going to leave. He will not have a long-term future in Carolina if that is the case. So if he's not going to be the head coach, then David Tepper needs to let him walk. That's the right way to go about things. David Tepper, who already has a horrible perception throughout the league so far, that can help him by deciding, okay, I didn't hire you. I'm going to let you walk instead of being like, no, you're not going to be the head coach, but you're under contract. You're staying here. That's not a good look, in my opinion. Some of you, maybe a lot of you, don't care because you want the team to win and you want Jero Vero and the staff to stay here for continuity's sake. And I would love for that to be the case. But he's going to interview the head coaching job. He's not going to be the head coach. Then, damn, y'all, I just, I feel like the man needs to be set free to go elsewhere to pursue other opportunities. Now, we'll see how many teams out there want him to be a head coach. And we know the Jags want him to be potentially their defensive coordinator. We'll see how it plays out. But that's how I feel. Chris Tabor. I don't know if I feel the same way. It's not like Tabor was interviewing for the job last year. He's still a Tepper favorite. Could stick around as special teams coordinator. I, I and maybe I should feel the same way, but it's just it's a weird. It's just to me it's a it's a it's. I didn't think of Jarrell Barrels was going to come here last year because he interviewed the job, didn't get it. But David Tepper threw a ton of money at him. Maybe he throws more money at him to get him to stay. It just feels different where someone interviews for the job twice and you say no, and in the second time around you have them already under contract. Wouldn't just make sense to let him go. I don't know. That's just my thoughts on that and my thoughts overall. But we'll we'll talk to some people in the coming days who can uh, provide some more uh, insight into the general manager search and, of course, head coach search here in Carolina. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, host by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where tomorrow the weekly Friday mailbag is back, and it is back for the rest of the offseason, either at me or DM me to get those questions in to me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding.